Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Episode 6. Really uh, getting up there in numbers. <laughs> Generally, that's how numbers work. <laughs> they normally go up not what I meant. when you're counting. I meant we have a... Sub- our episode number is starting to seem substantial. Like we're actually doing something? Yeah, like, you know, one or two, like, okay, but, you know, we're past five now. Feels official, real. It's true. Speaking of feeling real, what have you been listening to? I've had a couple different albums on repeat the last week. Going various levels of way back, I've been rocking uh, the album The Delaware Octopus by Houseboat, uh, which is some very good grimy pop punk i don't know okay. how else to describe them i don't know if i've listened to houseboat yeah they're very good you should check them out they're like short straightforward simple pop punk songs about being poor and dirty and hating your job and you know all right And uh, going a little bit further back, The Artist in the Ambulance by Thrice. Oh, such a good album. A very classic album. Uh, one of the songs came on shuffle, and then I decided to put the uh, album on and forgot how it's just front to back, a classic. What about you? I've been a little all over the place. Um, recently, I've been listening to Sage Francis. Nice, nice. I uh, went on a kick on his Life album. Uh, Ooh, primarily a little the, bit different. Yeah, a little different. Uh, the Baby Stays uh, was the song I kind of had on repeat from that album. He just stares into the abyss till the abyss blinks. Instincts pop up to the surface like pinpricks. Still flinch. Manhandle the kill switch. Peg meat square. Get dismantled by drill bits. The deconstruction of a functional attic. Leaving assumptions. This is the whole him working with bands and musicians and them writing all of the songs and him coming in and dropping his Sage Francis lyrics on there. I mean, that was a really ambitious and different project that didn't really get hardly any attention, I feel like. It did not get the amount of attention it should have. Yeah, it yeah. was. It kind of went under the radar for what it was, I feel like. And then also, the other thing I've been listening to is a new single, at least at the time that we're recording this, uh, from the band The Callous Dowboys. Uh, okay, are, that's different. They are a <laughs> hardcore math rock well, not math, I'm more like math core. Nice. Um, along the veins of like a Dillinger escape plan, uh, things like that. It is the, their newest track is What is Delicious? Who Swarms? I will have to check this out because this sounds very interesting. It's from their upcoming album, Celebrity Therapist, uh, coming out in September 2022. That's going on my songs I need to listen to playlist. Speaking of playlists. What we've been listening to recently will be added to the Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify, as well as the songs we end up getting in our shuffles on this episode. And you can find a link to that on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. 
Okay, and Dave, you are up first this week. Go ahead and roll that die. All right, let's see what we get. 16, again with the high rolls every week. Oh, we've got First Night by The Hold Steady. Oh, The Hold Steady. I was wondering when they were going to show up. It was only a matter of time, and I'm kind of surprised it was me instead of you. But That's true. Can't complain. Polly's not invincible. In fact, she's in the hospital. Not far from that bar where we met. All that first night. And again, that was First Night by The Hold Steady off the 2006 album Boys and Girls in America. Great song from a great band off a great album. Absolutely. It is an all-time classic album. Amazing from front to back. Very highly rated. I was actually surprised because, you know, we always rate it highly, but I was surprised to find out how well it did critically. Yeah, normally our ratings and critical ratings don't line up. Yeah, not a lot. But, I mean, there were it's well regarded by pretty much everybody. And how can it not be? It, it really is... An amazing album, uh, and this is an amazing song from that album. As uh, pretty much all of the Hold Steady stuff is amazing, at True. least the first half or three quarters of their career. I haven't listened to the newer stuff as much, but this song, um, this album as a whole, and this song in general, the sound is pretty much dominated by two things: Franz Nikolai's pianos and Craig Finn's vocals. Yep. Especially in this song, since it's a piano ballad, at least in the first part. Yeah, it's a storytelling piano ballad. Less uh, guitars. They're in there, but they're kind of... They're just filling in spaces, yeah. really. But it's just, I mean, the the piano work is amazing, as all of Franz's work is. And yeah, he's, he's just an incredible musician. I mean, Craig Finn's Craig Finn. It's, yeah. There, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, it's like, I guess you'd say talk singing, maybe? He... Yeah, but it's it's the storyteller presentation. But yeah. he does it with this weird not weird. He does it with this energy that he can take the quietest line and make it feel like he's yelling it in your face. Yeah. There's so much he does with his inflection and delivery, um, that you can only do with that style of vocals that you couldn't do with like full on singing. Yeah, and he has a very unique voice. Absolutely. I mean, you instantly know yeah. any song is him as as soon as he starts. But that's a, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah, it is, it's not a bad unique voice like you get from uh, from some people. And what he does with the music and the lyrics fits perfectly because every hold steady song and album is telling a story. Yeah, and even between albums, they've. It's the same characters telling the same, not the same story, but continuing that same story. Yes, it's all one continuous world. Which is crazy how they keep up with that much stuff. Because there's, what, five, six different characters that they talk about usually? I haven't actually gone through and, like, yeah, I don't think Yeah, I don't it, think but... I've counted specifically, but there's, you know, a whole cast. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely a whole cast. But, yeah, with the music, the way that the song is kind of built, it's, it has that kind of up and down... You know, simple piano, not simple piano, because it's Franz. It's very good piano. And uh, with Craig, it's Finn's voice. And it goes into these choruses, or I guess you could call them choruses, uh, that bring in the, you know, like a slide guitar uh, and a little bit more of like a strumming guitar in the background. And then it kind of floats back down and it comes back up again. And then you hit that part at the end where it's just a building piano. 
it's almost like a second movement yeah of the song yeah you have the quieter verses and then like the you said you got like the acoustic guitar the slide guitar the drums come in a bit more in the chorus part and then it kind of drops out and then starts from nothing with a build-up and then ends with the whole second section that comes in more as a full-on like rock ballad you get like the distorted electric guitar coming in you get uh background vocals chanting almost coming in Um, strings also there's a couple prominent string parts in that last section that really add to the intensity and emotion yeah it's like the it's at least a violin i don't know what else is in there because i can't really pick out the individual ones but it kind of takes the place or adds on to what the slide guitars were doing right that very upper high high part and that's Especially with the violin or I don't maybe viola, I'm also not good with strings. But when it gets up high like that and the way it's written, that's it just really makes it emotional. I don't know. It really pulls at that part of your brain yeah, that almost, music plays with. It's cinematic in a way. Yeah. Like it, yeah, you get that violin with everything else and the the build up and it's just a song that plays the emotions very well. It it maximizes the way music can manipulate how you feel right and then that on top of craig finn's lyrics delivery all that kind of stuff it just makes for a very powerful song even without being some big grandiose you know ordeal it's a very simple straight relatively straightforward song really at the end of the day but it's a powerful song exactly just the way everything's put together and written is very well done and that comes from i think his the influences he states uh, which are kind of surprising, actually. You know, obviously he's influenced by the storytellers, the Springsteens, and things like that. Of co- Springsteens come up a couple a times now. It's it for for not really liking Springsteen. A lot <laughs> of people I like like Springsteen, like Springsteen. <laughs> but he also talks about being influenced by hip hop artists, and a lot of them are the ones that I listen to, like yeah. Brother Ali, uh, the Rhyme Sayers guys, like Atmosphere, Aesop Rock, Sage Francis, and he says even Jay Z were influences. Because they're all storytellers, really. Right. Initially, when I read that, I was surprised because you don't really see much of any hip-hop influence in the Hold Steady's music. But then thinking about it from like a lyrical and storytelling standpoint, absolutely. Because the rappers he's talking about are the storytelling rappers. Right. That, you know... So it, I can see where he, you know, draws from that and has learned different storytelling and lyrical techniques. I mean, Aesop Rock literally has a song that is two stories about one about his younger brother, one about his older brother, and it's literally just him telling a story. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's just what you need to do. You don't, you don't need to, you know, turn it all poetic and everything like you, a lot of times lyrics do just sometimes yep. the story itself is enough just tell the story i do want to see craig finn's notebooks though they and, have to be amazing and the connections that he has written for how he keeps track of all these characters there's, and there's got to be stacks of papers and insane. notes all over them it's probably has excel spreadsheets and, it's got to be like a, a tolkien-esque kind of yeah. just all over the place over the years or it looks like that uh always sunny meme with the red strings <laughs> on the wall, yeah. absolutely. This song goes to this song and this character. One thing I noticed too in the song that kind of stood out to me compared to other songs, you know, of this type, is the bass. Yeah, 
it's it's quite prominent and it's definitely not just doing root notes no he's, he's walking he's almost playing melodies in parts and even in the piano solo the bass is almost grabbing your attention as much as the piano is yeah and actually i have solo one quotes as well in my notes because it's it, it is a solo but it's definitely not a solo uh but yeah that bass just kind of i don't know how it helps fill out the low end of a piano but somehow it kind of fills that ground that the the piano isn't doing i guess maybe the way it's structured musically and the way it's mixed i don't know because i have that a lot of the time the the bass is playing higher than bass normally right. would which i think can happen because of the piano having the low end but then you don't really consciously notice the bass part of the piano like yeah. the very low bass part of the piano that much and then the you know at least to me whenever a bass starts getting up in the register it jumps out usually yeah well, you know walking bass lines or melody fills or stuff like that always pop out to me and it just even in the chorus i'm you've got you know the song opens up and there's the the hook and everything and i'm like oh the bass is doing this whole little noodle thing in the background and that's what i'm paying attention to yeah i mean it, it's they took the piano and the bass and they made it cover the whole spectrum so they have the piano taking over what you would normally have the bass doing in a song the bass is then sitting in the middle and then right. they have the highs being played by the higher keys on the piano yeah which I've is kind of opposite of what you would normally have but the piano allows the flexibility but having the piano in the band and having such uh an accomplished piano player i think really allows them flexibility as far as where they use the bass where they use the guitars because the piano covers so much of the spectrum you can kind of write a higher part or a lower part around what you want the other instruments doing right like when the violins come in you can shift the piano parts down but still cover your low end and has a bass in the middle and it's just it's just incredibly yeah. written and the way that it's written and then put together from an engineering sense it all just sits perfectly yeah you hear everything but nothing's competing with each other like the the piano and the strings aren't clashing or the bass or the guitar parts or the vocals or anything it's properly done so everything's sitting in its own pocket Right, and you have instruments that are very different as far as volume goes, and it's not overly compressed. You're not pushing and pulling things that shouldn't be pushed and pulled. Yeah, I it's... mean, the piano sounds very open and airy. Right. And the you know there's plenty of room in the strings and the slide guitars and whatnot. It's just everything has its own little, little nook, and it just fits in perfectly. Almost kind of really goes along with the hold steady and makes you feel like you're in that world yeah it like surrounds you which they do in a lot of their songs which perfectly goes with the whole there is a whole world there is so, a whole world yeah, yeah you, like get, you get pulled, pulled in and the music perfectly complements the storytelling so we have we both have some connections to the hold steady this is true it's been uh, a band that we've both shared for most of our time knowing each other and I mean, they've been around since 2003. I don't remember exactly when I heard them, but it was on a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. It was Your Little Hood Rat Friend. Not exactly the place you'd expect to find a band like The Hold Steady, but then again, you know, Tony Hawk back in the day was absolutely amazing at soundtracks, so... They're... Yeah, I mean, they were, they were... I mean, we talked about it before, Goldfinger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
But yeah, I found them from the Tony Hawk's Project 8 soundtrack in 2006, which was, like I said, not exactly where I would expect to find them. But I'm pretty sure I I heard it and went, hey, you need to listen to this now. Uh, And then it just opened up from there the whole uh, whole new world. Also, they've been in a couple of video game soundtracks, which is surprisingly surprising, including Major League Baseball 2K8. That is not as surprising because Craig Finn is obsessed with baseball. Oh, yeah. I actually, uh, in my research, found that at one point, I doubt they still use it, but at least in 2007, the Hold Steady recorded their own version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game that was used in the seventh inning stretch for Minnesota Twins MLB games. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty awesome. It's Also, even if he wasn't a big baseball fan, still not surprising. No, because he's also a big Minneapolis yeah, fan yeah. being from there and everything. But it comes up all the time. Yeah, I mean, also people from Minneapolis are always really about Minneapolis. I guess, I don't know. I've never been I've there, never but been I'd there. imagine there's probably not much outside of minneapolis so but yes i mean craig finn is all about minneapolis talks about it all the time comes up in the music quite a bit i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure too but yeah back to what i was saying we have a pretty decently long history with the hold steady Uh, from listening to them back in 2006 2007 following their career uh we saw them in baltimore not exactly sure what year it was. I think it was 2010, 2011. Yeah, it was right around somewhere that time around period. there. Amazing show. We were right up front for it. It's absolutely small bar, great atmosphere, perfect atmosphere for a band like the Hold Steady. Oh yeah, it kind of smelled like beer. Yeah, I'll never forget. We're about three quarters of the way through their set, and I'm kind of right in front of Steve Selvage, the guitarist. You know, watching him play, looking at the board, looking at his you know pedals and whatnot, and then all of a sudden I look up. And he's looking down at me, and he hands me a Corona. Just, I don't know why. I don't know why I was blessed that day. Uh, I guess he could just maybe sense, like, the, the guitar bro-ship. Going. He noticed you eyeing his pedal board and knew that you were a fellow it had guitar bro. I mean, I'm not, I don't like Corona, but when the guitarist from the Hold Steady hands you a beer, it doesn't matter what it is, you, you drink it. Exactly, because, I mean, it's just, it's just a thing. I hand you a beer you drink it you could have handed me absinthe and i'm like well i guess i'm drinking this now like it's you're going to do it that was not the only notable happening from that show oh yeah then also at the end of that show i don't remember what song it was he invited me along with people from the crowd up on stage and we all danced and sang and yeah i can't remember they've got it was one of the big songs that could be a big closing number but yeah it was Quite an experience. It was one of the better shows that we've been to, yeah. com- combined with the band and the performance and the atmosphere. I mean, like a bigger venue, I don't think it would have been the same. No, it wouldn't as have been. seeing them in a bar that kind of smelled like beer and the floor was kind of sticky. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. where you want to see a band like the Hold Steady. It's perfect. Yeah. If only you could create a place like that that was larger so they could make more money from it. That's really the one, you know. But then you kind of lose the atmosphere you lose the no atmosphere, matter what. But. Another little Hold Steady-related story I remember is uh, actually one time we saw the Wonder Years, who we were speaking about in the previous episode. The Wonder Years did a cover, actually, of your little hood rat friend that you were just speaking about. And basically nobody except us in the entire room knew the band or the song. Yeah, there was about four of us all together. 
they started it and we cheered uh, and then we ended up hanging out with them after the show and we were like oh yeah by the way we were the three or four people i forget who all was there that cheered when you uh started the hold steady yeah like nice hold steady cover it sucks that nobody else recognized or appreciated it and uh dan campbell soupy the lead singer was like yeah that's how we gauge the age of our shows (laughs) because people over a certain age know the hold steady and then we know if we're playing to our younger crowd or to our older crowd and that's probably one of the more genius things i've heard as a way to gauge your your audience like wow okay that made complete sense now, there is another even more personal thing about this song. Uh, this is actually the song that was chosen by myself and my wife as our wedding song. Which, if you read the lyrics and actually listen to the song, it's kind of weird. Well, I, you guys, but we're all of your weird. musical <laughs> song things are not necessarily what you'd expect no, to be couple songs. No. But everybody has, you know, different experiences. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have the traditional wedding and all that kind of stuff. In fact, Dave was uh, our officiant at our That's dining true. room table. In a red suit. In a red suit wearing the same tie he's wearing right now that I wish I could show you. I might have to post a picture of it later. One day. Maybe uh, we'll do a video podcast when yeah. we hit it big. Yeah. But yeah, it was... Uh, I don't even remember why we chose this, but we both loved the song. We both loved the band for... I believe she was there when I told you about the band and told everybody about the band. So I think I was just listening to it one day. I mean, it it kind of fits, not necessarily if you literally translate the story in the no. song, but I mean, it's kind of a emotional, possibly romantic sounding music. And I mean, you did meet in the bar the first time you met. That's very true. So there is that. All right. Technically, we didn't meet in the bar. We met on the street but we were both in the bar <laughs> well ran ran into and talked to yes. in the bar yes stop picking apart my story with I'm, details i'm gonna oh sorry about the details about my <laughs> of your story that i'm telling wife. i was there too that is true you were there uh, i don't know how to how do you trans how do you fucking segue from that i mean that this is the problem we had coming up with notes and researching the song is there's just something about this song where you just almost want to listen to it and just point at it i don't know that doesn't make any sense (laughs) but it it makes complete and total sense you just kind of go yeah that's it it's hard to quantify the the feel and everything of this song in words it's just you need to listen to the song preferably in headphones with the volume up and just let it take you in in the darkened room with some candles and laying down and just relaxing yeah maybe some beer or some whiskey or something yeah glass of scotch craig finn style yeah so again that was first night by the hold steady of the 2006 album boys and girls in america sounds of summer. Can it get any better? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Discover the unforgettable sensations of the Lexus Performance lineup. Explore the possibilities of a Lexus at the Golden Opportunity sales event, now through September 6th. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we are back. Matt, it is your turn now, so let's get the roll and see what we get. 
That is a 17. Both high rolls today. High rollers. Yeah. Rufio. Nice. That is Rufio all that lasts from anybody out there. So that was All That Last from Rufio off their Anybody Out There album. That's a Rufio song. Yes. Uh, surprisingly sounds like a classic Rufio song, even though it's off of their last album that came out after they were broken up for two years. <laughs> right. <laughs> which was 2010. I don't believe I said that at the top. Uh, yeah, which is, can't say for a fact I knew Rufio got back together and put out an album in 2010. I mean, obviously I knew it's on my playlist not as familiar with this whole album as i am their older ones obviously, obviously. same here because uh, i mean they've been around since 2000 if you are unaware they named themselves after the lost boys leader from peter pan rufio uh, i didn't put that together until i went to google them and got <laughs> peter pan <laughs> like, oh okay yeah it all makes sense and it's not based on rufio the officer of caesar the historical figure yes which also came up during research but the band was the hardest thing to find maybe. there's for a band that's been around since 2000 and went for the most part till 2012 vaguely they're i don't know broke up in 2007 and then but and then came back didn't really i'd say they have a solid eight to ten years of being a band yeah this is a really tumultuous history but there's not a lot of information on them. No, I like I I thought there would be more stuff. Like they they had headlining tours with bands like Senses Fail opening for them. They toured with Less Than Jake. They played on Warp Tour, MXPX and Reliant K. Like the yeah, not like <laughs> not playing small dive ball dive ball dive balls. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't playing small dive bar tours. No, I mean, these were major tours with, at least for the scene, big bands. International bands. Yeah. So it's it, it's strange that there's such little information left, maybe because they kind of vaguely broke up around 2007, and that was before everything really started being super detailed on the internet. Right. I mean, they it even says that one of the announcements that they made was on their MySpace page. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was gone anyway. But yeah, I mean, they lost pretty major members. Really, started in two thousand six. Uh, yes, the original bassist and drummer. Yeah, which listening to old Rufio, pretty major part of the band. Absolutely, especially the bass. Yes. Um, you know, nothing against the bassist on this album, but classic Rufio. The main thing you noticed was the bass. Crazy, yeah. complex, fast bass songs kind of centered around bass hooks instead of guitar hooks yeah the guitar the guitars were off doing crazy lead lines and the bass was doing all kinds of crazy you know chord progressions on the bass and everything and it's not that this bass is bad it's just more traditional pop punk bass and it does not stand out nearly as much and for a band whose sound was so distinct because of the bass right it's a noticeable difference you may, if the if there was, if it was purely instrumental, you may not 
pick out that is Rufio right off the bat. Right, until you get into the song, and then you get the classic... Like, the, uh, the dual guitar. Yeah, dual lead guitar Rufio sound, yeah. which is definitely still there and definitely still good. Um, yeah, and the and the vocalist. I mean, it's yeah, his voice is it, very specific. It still, for the most part, sounds like Rufio. You've got the classic, like, punk drums. Right. Um, you've got the guitars doing the classic fast lead dual Rufio sound um the you know the vocals it's all good it's just you definitely hear the difference in bassist yeah not a bad thing like you said but definitely a difference speaking of the traditional Rufio guitars there were two little guitar parts that really stand out to me one there's the guitar solo yeah which is a pretty ripping little solo for being in a punk song mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, they're usually good for that there's a little i don't even know what to call the part at the end exactly i guess like just the outro part but yeah. it's it's kind of centered around these really fast like trilling guitar parts i guess you'd say and it just it sounds really good yeah <laughs> Also, speaking of that outro, when it hits those final hit, those final hits come in. If they extended that song by thirty seconds and made that into a breakdown, whoo! Oh man, that absolutely, that's perfectly primed to just go into a heavy ass breakdown. It was, it was set up to hit that that bell and just <laughs> open China symbol and just let it go. But the the one thing or one thing I do know about Rufio songs. That is still continuing on this album, even from the stuff back in, you know, 2000 to 2003, is it's always felt weird, not weird, but it's always felt different because they'll do this super fast guitar, this super fast bass, this punk drums, but then the vocals always seem slow. Yeah, in comparison to everything else, it's not your traditional, you know, fast punk vocals. It's like held out notes, it's singing, it's, you know, melodies, but it's over this insanity it's like taking a newer school pop punk approach to the vocals and putting it over a very old school like origins of pop punk sound where you're you've still got so many elements of traditional punk and hardcore punk incorporated i mean and they've been doing that since the beginning i mean that's one of the things that's stood out about rufio which is is kind of that dynamic between a heavier punkish influenced music but the very pop punkish vocals yeah good pop punk vocals I actually yes. i really enjoy Rufio's vocals it's you know very good to sing along to mm-hmm. and you know their drums are always fun to beat the shit out of your jingle when exactly along. it's you know very energetic driving drums yeah driving drums they are driving <laughs> they are driven driving drums now unfortunately they did announce a final breakup in 2012 but, but wait, there's more. Wait, there's as we are very familiar with, they played a reunion show. Uh, yes, we did that twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. We did a final show and then, and then two a final, final reunion show. show. Yeah. But they played a reunion show in 2015, but they've been silent ever since. Seems like there's got to be personal issues going on for the like breaking up and getting back together and then breaking up and kind of playing shows every once in a while while they were broken up. Right. I mean, starting in 2006, people left because of, quote, creative differences, which anyone who's been in a band or an artistic 
endeavor knows what that means. <laughs> you couldn't get along. Yeah, someone was an asshole somewhere. Yeah, probably not even related to the music. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually very possible. We've been there, too. Yeah. And then they played a couple shows, 2008-2009. Then they lost more members in 2010 and 2011. Which is, that whole kind of section is just strange on its own because they did a final farewell show, but then still kept playing some shows. Right. And then they put out this album, and then within months of this album coming out, the lead guitarist announced he was leaving, and then shortly thereafter, the drummer announced he was leaving. Right, and if you lose your original bassist, original drummer, lead guitarist... And then the replacement then drummer. The replacement drummer. You don't have much left. Unless you're the Ataris. Unless you're the Ataris. Well, the Ataris are completely centered around one guy already anyway. So True. But it's just it, kind of like they almost got back together for this album. And it's just like they couldn't even hold it together long enough to do like a full tour to support this album. Yeah, which is kind of strange considering it was actually like released under a label. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's, I didn't really know this album existed or that this happened. I mean, I, I couldn't find any deeper information on the album itself, but I mean, there's also a really good sh- a really good chance that uh, this might have been a contract record. Uh, Possibly. If you don't know what that is, is when you sign your contract under a record label, you might have three or four records that the record label says, hey, you have to put these out. And there have been some quite interesting battles and stories over the years regarding yeah. contract albums. Four Year Strong putting out a 90s cover album comes to mind. <laughs> but that was the best way to do it, though. Streetlight Manifesto. Most of it, Streetlight Manifesto's <laughs> yeah. history has been them fighting yeah. <laughs> with their label. There's so little information, it's really hard to say for sure. Obviously, there's behind-the-scenes issues that just led to like several years of half being broken up and then kind of dissolving right after an album, although that happens too. Yeah. Hard to say. Nobody will probably ever know. I imagine Rufio probably won't contact us to clarify this. I doubt that. If they, if they do, we'll let you know. We'll have a follow-up certainly, episode. Certainly, we will. We will mention if Rufio clarifies their uh, drama. Yeah, Rufio, us. get at us. Let us know. Hit us up at hit underscore shuffle. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, let us know. Come on, Rufio. We know you're listening. So yeah, that was the song All That Lasts by Rufio uh, from the 2010 album Anybody Out There. An enlightening experience to research. Yes, it was. I mean, I know there wasn't a whole lot to go off of, so it was a little bit of a a, a shorter dive there. But I mean, that was kind of surprising in and of itself that there's so little information about a band that was so prominent at one time. Uh, it was at least prominent in our circles. Yeah, I mean, with all the information we found about some of the other songs we've had come up, it's kind of surprising that Rufio has. Yeah. And yeah. it's almost all about the band breaking up. It's had, all the yeah. different breakups. <laughs> yeah. My song again was First Night by The Hold Steady off the 2006 album Boys and Girls in America. And mine was All That Lasts from Rufio off their Anybody Out There album from 2010. And you can find these songs on the Hit Shuffle podcast playlist on Spotify. And you can also find us on the social medias, Twitter and Instagram at, at hit underscore shuffle. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and a website, hitshufflepodcast.com. Do you want me to roll the die for the homework this week? Sure, I did it last time. 
13. Lucky number 13. Lucky 13. So go ahead and shuffle that playlist 13 times. Let us know what song you got on Twitter and uh, a little bit about what it was. And make sure to find Rufio and tell him to hit us up. Yeah, find Rufio. If you know Rufio, let him know. You know, hit us up. We'll uh, have him on as guests. It'll be fun. An obscure podcast is curious about your inner drama in your band. Yeah, from... 10 years ago. 10 years ago. <laughs> you never know. Weirder things have happened That's on the internet. Exactly. But I've been your host, Matt. And I've been your host, Dave. And this has been The Hit Shuffle Podcast. The Hit Shuffle Podcast. Rufio, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs>